Welcome to Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM, Prince George's Community Radio Station, with your host, Phyllis Warren. And good afternoon. Another Monday, and here we are. So today we have a very interesting guest. His name is Brian Major, and he was just part of the comedian um, contest, and we're going to talk about that. Good afternoon, Brian. Good afternoon. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about something else. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> there's a poster right behind you. It's called the Just Us Comedy Showcase. Oh, it's uh, it's a comedy show that's being held Friday, April 21st at the Firm Lounge and Grill here in Prince George. Um, tickets are 20 bucks, and it's being filmed as part of a documentary I'm producing called Other Voices. Uh, the Other Voices documentary was uh, it's being funded by TELUS Story Hive. They gave me a $23,000 grant hmm. um, to produce this documentary, and it's about the BIPOC comedians of Prince George. Do you know what BIPOC means? No. No? <laughs> Not everyone does. <laughs> I'm actually quite surprised at how many people don't know what that means. It's an acronym. It means black, indigenous, person, or people of color. And if you look at the poster, you'll see that there are two South Asian ladies, a black lady, and myself, an indigenous person. Okay. And so that's black, indigenous, person of color. And, and, it's, going, and it's going to be uh, aired on Telesoptic TV in 2024. Oh, fantastic, Brian. Fantastic. <laughs> well, let's talk about that then. Okay. You know? <laughs> I didn't see that poster because it's in another room and and I don't really look around in the other room because someone's usually in their recording. So, how did you come to this idea of doing this show? Well, uh, during COVID, I, I'm i a comedian, mm-hmm. and I took a break from comedy because I had to, right? There was nowhere to perform because everything was shut down. And so, I also stopped writing jokes because part of the fun of writing jokes is getting to perform them. And when that part of the equation is taken away from you, you just forget about it. Right. So I just stopped writing jokes. And uh, I also came up with a, an idea for a screenplay. Uh, I wish I'd come up with it sooner, like during COVID, because I'd have it finished by now. But um, so I taught myself how to write uh, a screenplay from reading books and and YouTube, and then I was, someone suggested you should try to find a grant to help you assist you. Uh, you know, because they'll they'll give you a, a, like a living allowance, so you can take all this time off to to actually work on your screenplay. Sure. So I did some research on, online, and I found this. Um, website it wasn't specifically for screenplays but it was in the film industry and so this tell a story hive was just handing out grants <laughs> to anyone that had a good idea for a documentary or a screenplay or a web series or you know anything like that and so i was like well i can come up with an idea and i actually came up with two ideas and there were two different categories that i submitted my ideas 
One was called Voices 2.0, which is like open to the general public. And the other one was the Indigenous Storytellers Edition. So I submitted two ideas. One was the idea I just told you about, the about the BIPOC comedians of Prince George and their lived experiences as BIPOC people in Prince George. Because Prince George is essentially a small town. I mean, mm-hmm. It's one of the larger urban centers, but it's essentially a small town. Yes, we are. And so uh, the BIPOC population is it's a... They're visible minorities. And so it's all about their ex- experiences as BIPOC people. It's about... Um, why representation matters, why diversity is a good thing, and the importance of other voices, hence the title. Because we've heard enough of straight white males. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, we have. <laughs> and so it's time for other voices to be heard, and hence the title of the documentary. Um, so I submitted that idea. I also submitted an idea for another documentary where I would recruit like between six and eight indigenous youth and I would teach them how to do stand-up comedy over like a six-week course Mm -hmm. and they would be directed to write jokes about their experiences as indigenous youth in again in a small northern town and we were going to put on a show for the community and so I submitted this idea to tell us and they they loved it they accepted the idea and that was a $10,000 grant and so they called me and said, congratulations, you've been selected for this grant. The next day, I get a phone call from them again. And they said, we have some potentially good or bad news for you. Your other idea for your documentary has also been accepted. Oh <laughs> the one God. I'm actually producing. <laughs> but they said, but you can't do both. Oh. At the same time, you have to, because it would just be too much work, right? Mm-hmm. So they said, you have to decide which one you want. And the guy I spoke to, he goes, the first idea you had about the teaching the indigenous youth stand up comedy, that is more episodic, meaning it could be like a 30 minute episode here and over, over time. Like I think he said between eight episodes, seven episodes, something like that. And he goes, that's more suited for platforms like YouTube. Then he goes, but your the idea you have for the documentary, you could submit that to film festivals. And that just catered to my ego. <laughs> and I said, well, let's do that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it was also $13,000 more. So oh, that really that sold it. Mm-hmm. So you get this grant and you start filming nope uh there's actually a little bit of training that i had to go through online uh i was matched up with a mentor he's also indigenous he's produced a number of documentaries he's produced and directed a number of television shows that are shown on aptn he's traveled the world shooting uh tv shows and documentaries ecuador new zealand uh chile uh all over british columbia and he's really knowledgeable and he's been really helpful. And so the first thing, they said I could shoot on my phone, this documentary. So I went out and bought a nice phone. Well, it's a decent phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not an iPhone. But um, 
bought a new laptop, bought a bunch of equipment like lights and audio equipment and taught myself how to use those things. And then uh, filming is going to start very soon. Um, part, Like I said, part of the documentary is this show that we're putting on. And the dramatic question we're trying to answer is, will the larger community of Prince George come out and support an all BIPOC lineup of comedians? Mm-hmm. Like when they see us on the poster, just us, which is, will they come out and support it? You know, and that's the big question too, you know, um, the support. And usually this community is very good at supporting people and their projects, right? What do you mean by their people? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what do you mean by that? But, you know, yes, I know. But, you know, it takes a while. You know, they're kind of like the last minute supporters, you know, even with draws and everything we hear, oh, hey, we have so many tickets left. And then within the last week, they're sold out, which is a good thing. Right. Well, I hope that happens. Um, Everybody loves a good laugh. Yes. Really? Yes. A fun evening. You know? Well, that's the thing. Um, when I speak to people that have gone to comedy shows, like I tell people all the time as a comedian, you should go to a comedy show, check out live comedy, support live comedy. And they, they're hesitant. But then when they finally do, they're like, that was such a great time. I, I've never laughed this hard so much. And plus, I didn't spend that much money. I spent more at a movie than I did at a comedy show. And I laughed more at a comedy show than I did the movie. That was such a good... I'm like, well, yeah, I've been telling you this for <laughs> how long? Right? And so I'll ask them, well, who did you see? They're like, I, I don't remember. What did they talk about? I can't remember. Right? But I had a good time. And so I'm wondering if do people if people do come out to the show, are they coming out because it's a stand-up comedy show? Or are they coming out because they're supporting BIPOC people? Right. And so, or if they don't come out, why didn't they come out? Was it because we're BIPOC? Oh, so I see. So that's the question we're trying to answer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and this is April 21st. And where is the firm located? Uh, right around the corner from here. It's on uh, George Street. It used to be a, the Copper Pig restaurant. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, re- it's really very close to the Ramada, very close to uh, the courthouse. Mm-hmm. In between, actually, right. you know. So um, it's just a hop skip to a room or right. a jail cell, either <laughs> or. <laughs> and, and it's in the basement, and people have said it has the feel of a comedy club because of low ceilings and good sight lines. It's a, it's a great venue. Oh, right so. on. Okay, I didn't even know that they had a basement, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's perfect, you know. And it's on the 21st, and is that a Friday or a Saturday? It's Friday night, 8 Mm -hmm. p.m., tickets are 20 bucks. Um, You can find more information by going to Facebook and look, search out. You can either search out Other Voices Doc, which is the Facebook page, or Just Us Comedy Showcase, which is the Facebook event, Mm -hmm. and it'll, it'll bring you there. Okay. And where are the tickets available at? They're online. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, just go to the event page and uh, it'll, there'll be a link to the Eventbrite uh, website and just click on that and okay. get your tickets now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but if someone doesn't have a computer or internet, how else could they get those tickets? How do they survive? <laughs> How do they get through life without a computer or internet? <laughs> hey, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> um, they're depending on how the tickets go. Uh, there may be tickets at the door. Okay. So. So get online early. is the only way to purchase tickets so far. Mm-hmm. So. So you show up early to get tickets to get in. If there's still tickets. If there is. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is, uh, as part of the documentary, I am the only one that knows how many tickets have been sold or haven't been sold. And so I'm keeping that a secret from the, the comedians. So when we're going to like meet up for dinner on the night of the show, and I'll be filming their reactions, their answers to the question, do you think people will be coming out for the show? And their expectations of what will happen that night. And and then we go as a group together to the venue and I'll, I'll film them as they enter the venue to either a full house or an empty room or a half-filled room and film their reactions. And also as part of the, the documentary, I will be inviting audience members to speak with me after the show on film what did you think about what you just witnessed and what you hopefully learned about their lived experiences, meaning the BIPOC communities, about their lived experiences as BIPOC people in Prince George? Okay. Because these are, I mean, when was the last time you spoke to a South Asian person about what their lives were like in Prince George? And you get to hear about it on stage. Right. <clears throat> yes. Okay, I get it. So how did you pick the people that are going to be well there's performing. only a small there's only a small community of oh, okay. uh, comedians in Prince George and these were the only visible BIPOC people uh, comedians in our community okay so I guess that made your job easy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well the good thing is uh, you had mentioned the comedy contest earlier mm-hmm we held uh, the firm's Comedy Clash, which is going to be a monthly event. Uh, so the next one will be in May. Um, there were actually two Métis females that uh, entered the contest. One of them actually won. Her name is Shannon Williams. Uh, and there was also a South Asian male that was a competitor, a contestant. And we, I asked them, is this a what the contest? Is it a one-off thing? Or do you plan on continuing doing comedy? And they all said they plan on doing comedy. So we added three more BIPOC people to our community, which is great. They're oh. also going to be part of the documentary as like a, in the closing credits, like an epilogue, like. Mm-hmm. Listing. Giving. Just showing how the community has grown. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing. Yes. You know. Because if you think about it, there are experiences here in Prince George that makes people just sit down and laugh their heads about, you know. And there are experiences you probably haven't heard from. Voices mm -hmm. voices you probably haven't heard from. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so that's great too. Well, that's very interesting then. I'm so happy to hear that you, you came up with these ideas <laughs> and, and you got the grant to carry it out because so many people have dreams that are dashed because of the financial end of achieving that dream and you're on your way which is fantastic Brian well I'd never set out to become a documentarian but I'm thinking if this goes well I'll make try to make it a career because I have other ideas that I want to turn into documentaries and, and movies and screenplays and stuff like that mm-hmm and is it all about the Prince George community, or is it other ideas that came to you? Uh, well, I'm Haida, and so one of the ideas I had, two of the ideas I have for documentaries would have to take place. I'd have to shoot the majority of it in Haida Gwaii. Oh, okay. So. And you make it sound like a bad thing. Haida Gwaii is beautiful. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. But that's from where you're from. Well, my mother's from there. Okay. I was born in Prince Rupert and grew up in this town called Houston. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Houston is a nice little town to drive through. <laughs> <laughs> to drive through. Yeah. Beautiful scenery. <laughs> you know. You blink, Sorry. though. You blink, though. You, you'll miss it. Well, that's why it's nice to drive through. It's short and sweet. But that's besides the point. Anyway, um, this sounds like fun. Yes. Oh. And, uh -huh. and pretty soon we'll be going for a commercial okay. break. And, and I think having this happen on a Friday evening would be fantastic time to go out and enjoy yourself and your friends take a group of friends and go laugh your heads and off and enjoy the talent that we have in prince george and speaking of such we're going to have a commercial break and we're going to come back and we're talking to brian major today so we'll be right back there's a a series of news and current affairs programs by and about women around the world. Produced and distributed by the Women's International News Gathering Service. Listen for Wings at its new time, Wednesday nights at 9.30, here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. This year's 55-plus BC Games are taking place in Abbotsford, August 22nd to 26th. There are more than 25 sport and game events you can take part in. More information is available through the website 55plusbcgames.org or by emailing zone9info at 55plusbcgames.org. Open to all BC residents 55 and older, the 55-plus BC Games, August 22nd to 26th in Abbotsford. Registration deadline is June 15th. Forecast from Environment Canada for today's sunny. Becoming a mix of sun and cloud early this afternoon with a 30% chance of showers or flurries, a high of 5. Partly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries early this evening, then clear. Wind continuing, a low of minus 8 with wind chill to minus 11. On Tuesday, sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud in the afternoon with a high of 6. You're tuned into Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM with Phyllis Warren. And we're back talking with Brian Major. So it is um, very nice to hear that we have a gentleman here in Prince George producing um, a show 
and I think everyone should get out and support it and have a wonderful evening. You know, comedy is the best thing for everyone. Humor, the laughter, it changes us and and we need that in our lives. We need to have that laughter. We need to have that sense of humor. So it does so much good for us. And Brian, you, your life is, you're a comedian. So, <laughs> and you look very happy and set and everything, you know, just laying back in the chair, relaxing. How did you choose this? I, I was forced into it. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I actually love that question because when I tell people I was forced into it, it always prompts more questions. Yes. Um, I say I was forced into it because I didn't actually, before I started doing comedy, I never th- thought about becoming a comedian. Um, I was a student at the University of Northern British Columbia here in Prince George. I took a course called Indigenous Humor, and it's not a how-to course like people think it is when I tell them. It was an actual course that we studied and uh, discussed. Um, And instead of a final exam, we all had to do a performance. And everyone in the class either got into little groups or paired up, and I was left on my own. Didn't really know what to do, so I cobbled together two stories. One was about the, the hassle I had trying to cash a rather large check as an indigenous person. Oh, oh. And I'm not going to name the bank, but I'll give you a hint. Its initials are CIBC. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the, the other story was about uh, how I wanted to become the actor that played the suspect in the Crime Stopper commercials because I always seemed to fit the description of the suspect. And so I put the, told these two stories uh, on stage in, you know, in front of my class and I got a 20 out of 20 for my performance. Uh, I got a, an A-plus for the course, which is only one of two A-pluses I got in my <clears throat> nine years of university. People only usually take four to five years. <laughs> yeah. I, I took nine. You were a career student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everyone said afterwards, you've struck upon something. You've, you need to continue doing this. And at the time, there was no comedy club in town. There was no, uh, no, no venues that had comedy. I think the Tabor Arms Pub had comedy on like a Friday night mm-hmm. once a month or maybe one every, but the idea of becoming a comedian never entered my mind until people said, you need to keep doing this. And so there were like little, like talent shows or open mics at the university that the hippies would put on where, you know, guys would be singing about flowers on the guitar or reciting poetry about their cats and stuff like that. And I'm up there telling jokes. And I was the only person doing comedy. And it, that was, it was like that for the longest time. And then I, um, there was a, 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 like a big name in, in indigenous comedy. He came through town. I asked if I could open for him. And I, and I, and he said yes. And so I asked him for some advice, and I thought I was going to get advice on like writing or performing, but the advice he gave me was to perform at the indigenous conferences, you know, because Native people will meet for any reason. Yeah. And so there are all these conferences all over the country where, you know, they have meetings all day, 
they, usually a banquet at the end of the day and then entertainment afterwards. And that's where I came in. He goes, that's what he goes, you need to contact them, tell them who you are, uh, tell them what you can provide, which at the time was 15 minutes of, uh, material. I was just starting out and he said, don't ask for money. Just ask to have your travel covered. Uh, ask for a small meal per diem. And you get to build your act. You get to get your name out there. You get to perform in front of indigenous people. And so that's what I started doing. Although I was asking for money. Yeah. Uh, right, right off the top. And it allowed me to travel to, you know, Calgary, Toronto, Montreal, Saskatchewan, every little town in Saskatchewan. They're all little towns. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Edmonton more times than I can count. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vancouver, v- Vancouver Island, Victoria, places like that. And then I got it started invited. Then I started getting invited to communities to perform. Uh, like been all over British Columbia. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then I moved to Vancouver and I started working on my act there and moved, eventually moved back here and discovered there was like a, not a big community, but I met other comedians. And then for the longest time, I was the only visible BIPOC person in the community. Right. Um, and then more joined and they're now all subjects in the, in the documentary. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. See, it only takes one to prove to the rest that they can do it. That's why that's part of the documentary. That's part of why representation matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've started shooting some footage already, and one of the comedians, Monita Ranu, she's South Asian, Punjabi, said she never saw someone that looked like her on stage, so she never thought about trying stand-up comedy. And so when people see her, hopefully, like people that look like her or someone like her sees her doing it, sees her in a documentary, Hopefully they will get the idea in their mind. I can do this if she can do this. Yes. And so. Yes. And that's just it. We, we all need someone to be the trailblazer for us and prove to the rest of the community that you can do it. You know, you got someone to follow the lead and, you know, he's survived everything that he has endured. <laughs> so you can do it. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, I had a terrible role model. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's well known as a joke thief. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so uh, I was only start- starting out. I, I I didn't know any better. So I, I did the same thing. I borrowed air quotes and <laughs> jokes from other comedians and passed them off as my own until I went, went to Vancouver. I mean, most... Most of my material, but I would sprinkle in like little, like oh, one or two bits here yeah, and there. of someone else's jokes, right? Uh-huh. But it wasn't until someone called me out on it in Vancouver, like, hey, that's a Chris Rock joke or whatever, right? Yeah. But I stopped doing it because I didn't know it was such a big taboo in the comedy community to, to steal someone else's jokes because the guy that I looked up to, he was doing it all the time. I mean, he made a career out of stealing Jeff Foxworthy's 
jokes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I yeah. thought it was okay. Yeah. It's not. And so, so, yeah, pick your role models carefully. <laughs> yes, yes. And then rely on your own experience. So then that way it comes across more authentic. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I try to be is real and uh, like the uh, most authentic version of myself that I can be. I mean, it's I'm still not there. Because it takes time. I mean, it's... And... Yeah. Yeah. I I read a book um, from a well-famous comedian. Um, oh, my goodness. His last name just went blank on me. Jerry... Um, Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> Only the most famous comedian <laughs> yes. ever. And the you name goes blank <laughs> on me. You know, what you know that guy time? that talks yeah, about everyday you know, stuff? The tall, skinny guy on TV. Yeah, White yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just what was the book? Um, I can't remember the title. <laughs> but it's like a self-story of himself. And it's mostly all of his jokes. Right? And he was saying that... Just like you, it was so hard to sit down and come up with jokes and everything. But once he got on spiel, he would put it in front of his parents. And, you know, he, you know, their judge was always a funny look. So he would try it on his friends. And then the rest of the book was basically his stand-up shows that he had done. And, and some of them were quite funny, you know, and then others didn't really hit the mark you know and i thought wow <laughs> it's hit and miss and he's famous yeah you know so it was a really good book there's a really good book that i can recommend it's called we had a little real estate problem by cliff nesterhoff okay it's about uh indigenous com- comedians from canada and the united states because um, it's a genre, if you can call it that, that really goes unnoticed. And so, which is why um, I'm hoping this documentary will shine a light on people that are going unnoticed, specifically BIPOC people, black, indigenous, person of color, in this case, South Asian comedians. Mm-hmm. We have a female black comedian and and myself. I'm going to be a part of it. So right. I would recommend that book. It's called We Had a Little Real Estate Problem by Cliff Nesterhoff. Um, the title of the book actually comes from a joke from Charlie Hill. He's like one of the most famous indigenous comedians ever. He said, I'm originally from New York. but we, uh, Do you know about the Trail of Tears? Yes. In the States, how they all they relocated all these people. He goes, then we had a little real estate problem. <laughs> <laughs> And they were shipped off to Oklahoma or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so, oh my goodness! That's, the, yeah. that's where the title of the book comes from. I p- totally butchered the joke, but you get the but idea. But that's okay. I know <laughs> what you're talking about, and that's just it. You know, um, we all have had harsh reality experience happen to the native community, and because of our sense of humor. We've all survived. 
right? And and that is the best. Oh, you thing. can't see me nodding my head. Yeah, I know. I can. <laughs> Steve can. <laughs> but yeah, you know. And I think it, it's great that we do all have a good sense of humor, because we can find the funny things in life, even though most bad experience have happened. We come out and we find the funny part of it all. You see it Again, that way? I'm still nodding my head. <laughs> Again, he is nodding his head in agreement. <laughs> it would be better if we were on TV. You could see him. But is that how you came up with your jokes, with your life experience and, and looking at the sense of humor behind it all? Well, there's an expression in comedy, comedy equals pain plus time. Mm-hmm. I'm probably screwing that up, but it, it's, uh, yeah, it's all about my experiences and no, I didn't have the greatest experience. I didn't have a Jerry Seinfeld life, yeah. you know, growing up in the suburbs of New York, mm-hmm. but I didn't grow up on the res, but, oh, the reserve. <laughs> those <people. laughs> I understood it right, right away. But it, it, it's about, uh, you know, I talk about, uh, you know, Interactions with the police, um, white people, power imbalance, uh, stereotypes, um, you know, things like that. And, yeah. it, and it all comes, you know, from experience. Mm hmm. Yes. And, you know, um, I worked at the courthouse, right? And um, I was the 1%. I was so happy I finally was the 1%, right? What do you mean by that? Well, you know, you have 1% motorcyclists and 1% of these different groups, right? Okay. And and so, you know, um, I was employed by the courthouse. And I was quite proud of that and everything else. But there was things that happened to me while I worked there. And I would tell someone. And I would laugh about it. Because I kind of twisted it, so it was funny what happened at work that day, you know. And that's how I've always dealt with things. Were you hired because you were the one percent? No, I was hired because I qualified. You qualified, <laughs> but it has to I, be who I am too, right? Because I I used to joke about uh, being hired at a bank, and I was there. Employment equity hire. Oh, okay. Uh, I was their, what I call their token native. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there to fulfill a quota that they needed. Yes. <laughs> and, and so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's just it. You know, at the courthouse, I was their token native, right? Because that's what it was. You know, I qualified for the job. But I was also native, so it fulfilled you the those sl- boxes. Oh yes, I was like ding, 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 you know. So it, it was a really fun experience working there, and you know, I would come home with different little jokes and everything else like this, right, pertaining to my job. I would make it a joke in order to um, be able to handle the stress of that job. Right. And I think a lot of us do that. You know, we try and find 
the humor in the situation in order to survive it. I think it's almost like a survival tactic Mm -hmm. or a survival skill to find the humor in something and to laugh at it. Because at one point, like, what else can you do? Right? Yes. (laughs) I'm nodding my head for people that can't see. You said yes. You said yes. I heard you. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, exactly. And and that's what I mean. We, We find the sense of humor in our life experiences, you know. But I don't think any of us have gotten the courage to hit a stage and to tell jokes like you have. And that's why it's very interesting to talk to you. Well, like I said, I was forced into it. (laughs) (laughs) If, like, because you've you've probably met other Indigenous people that are very funny. I mean, I've met a lot of Indigenous people that are funnier than I am, even within my family. And so I'm like, well, why aren't you a comedian? Why aren't you on stage? And... Because they're just, and they, I, like, I still don't know why. Like, you ask them, why aren't you on stage? And they're like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Yet I'm the one doing it, and I'm not even the funniest person in the family. Yeah. Or in my, you know, my my group. Yet I'm doing it. I mean, I, I'll, I'll gladly be the spokesperson, because I enjoy it. But I wish there were more, more Indigenous people doing stand-up comedy. And that's what I mean. You have found that courage to go on to the stage, even though you think other people are funnier than you are. But maybe they lack that courage to do that in front of people that they don't know. I wouldn't say I have courage. It's more like I feel like I'm a middle child. I don't know if that plays a role in it. But I... I love the, being the center of attention, but I also love controlling that attention. So when I'm on stage, I can control it. Um, but I also feel like I have something to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing an interview with Victoria CBC Radio when I was promoting my first TV appearance. And they asked me, what does it take to be a comedian? And I've said, I've never met a dumb comedian. And... I think I have that level of intelligence to be a comedian. Not everyone does. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Right on. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to another commercial break. So we're going to be talking to Brian again after the break. We'll be right back. If you're a student between the ages of 7 and 18 who needs a little help with homework, the Saturday Study Hall at the downtown branch of the Prince George Public Library may be just what you need. Every Saturday between 10.30 and 4.30, you can bring your schoolwork and get help from their tutor or your peers. It's a free drop-in event for students, but you are advised to check the website at pgpl.ca for which Saturdays the Study Hall will be in session. If you need to connect with services such as WorkBC, ServiceBC, and the Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction, the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library is the place to be April 11th. Every second Tuesday, the library offers a free drop-in chance to connect with community services like these between 1 and 3. 
You don't need to make an appointment. Just drop in and chat with the service you want to talk to. That's Community Services Drop-In at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library, Tuesday, April 11th from 1 to 3. The British Columbia Assembly of First Nations and EcoTrust Canada are partnering to build a First Nations Carbon Toolkit website. The group is seeking a youth artist to design a logo for the website. If you are a First Nations artist under 30 years of age, send in a logo that you feel represents Indigenous-led conservation, which centers community stewardship, and keeps carbon out of the atmosphere. One winning designer will be awarded $5,000. Full details are available through carbontoolkit.org. Submission deadline is April 15th. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, sunny. Becoming a mix of sun and cloud early this afternoon with a 30% chance of showers or flurries, a high of 5. Partly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries early this evening, then clear. Wind continuing, a low of minus 8 with wind chill to minus 11. On Tuesday, sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud in the afternoon with a high of 6. Bringing you the voices of our community. This is Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM with Phyllis Warren. And we're back with Brian Major, and we were just talking about um, him being a comedian and what it takes to get up there, and he has a show happening on April 21st at The Firm, and it's going to be a documentary. It's going to be filmed as part of the documentary? Right. And so... You know, there is tickets on sale online and people can go out and see this act and, um, have a good evening. Enjoy yourselves and, and get out there and support the comedians in our community. So Brian, you were saying that you were trying to figure out when you came, first came to the radio station to do an <laughs> interview and, and such. Oh, um, I'm tr- I was trying to figure out when I first... I have a show on CFIS as well. It's called The Comedian's Table. It's a... I don't know if you know this, but at every comedy venue, bar, or club, there should be a table set aside for the comedians. For us to like sit, hang around, hang out, BS, chat, catch up, gossip. <laughs> and... <laughs> That's what my show is. It's just a bunch of comedians sitting around a table doing exactly that. Um, prior to that, I had a, uh, there was a different iteration of the show. Um, it was called the, the Laugh Lounge. And I would have like local comedians on the show and we would just chat and talk about whatever was in the news or whatever came to mind. Prior to that, I think my, the very first show, I think it was 10 years ago. Um, it was called Talking Funny. This was when Yuck Yucks the Comedy Club would bring in two comedians, a headliner and an opener. And so, again, I was not starting out, but these were professional comedians where I could just pick their ear pick their brains sorry and ask them <laughs> questions i wanted answered mm-hmm. about what is it, what it's like to be a professional comedian you know advice things like that and so yeah i've had a show here for like almost 10 years wow yeah fantastic so is that how you get your material is you talk to with other comedians gossip 
um, find stories in the newspaper that might have a sense of humor to it. It's not how I get material, but that that is one way to work on material is with other comedians. Like, throw an idea out there, and what do you think of this? Or um, what do you think of this joke? And and they'll give you ideas, because they're comedians as well, about different takes on it. Mm-hmm. Um it's a mystery, though, where I come up with jokes, because a joke will come to me in the shower. A joke will come to me in while I'm sleeping, because there are times when I've I've woken up in the middle of the night, grabbed my notebook, wrote something down that I thought was funny, wake up in the morning, read it, and go, that's not funny. <laughs> but it, these ideas will come to you from anywhere, right? Um Doing the dishes is like because it's a menial task you don't have to think about, so you have all this time to think. Uh, riding my bike is another, so that's why I have to keep my phone on me and, and the note app open so I can jot down ideas. Oh, okay. Conversations like I've had a uh, there was a joke I have about a conversation I had with my daughter where we were discussing, uh, TV shows that we're currently watching and she told me about these two shows that she's watching one is about this really dysfunctional family I think it's called Modern Family no uh, Shameless something like that I don't I don't remember but there was another show she was telling me about and she she said she enjoyed it a lot because she found it relatable and the first show she told me about was about this functional family. So I just combined the two together into a joke where I say, my daughter was telling me about this uh, TV, TV show that she's currently watching that she really enjoys. It's about this dysfunctional family. She likes it a lot because she finds it relatable. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, you're laughing. But when I tell it on stage, it doesn't get a laugh. Oh, my but goodness. I, so it's one of those ones I'm going to have to work on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it can come from a conversation. Even though she she kind of wrote the joke for me, even though she was talking about two separate TV shows, I combined the two. Yeah. One about a dysfunctional family and one about how she can relate to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it is funny, you know. Like, Well, I told that joke on stage and it didn't get a laugh. Then I said, that joke never gets a laugh. And one audience member goes, uh, he goes, because it's too true. Or something. <laughs> oh my goodness! Because we all grew up in dysfunctional families, I think. Yeah. Steve, did you grow up in a dysfunctional <laughs> family? No, but I am dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that is Steve's opinion. <laughs> yeah. I used to have a joke early on, where I talked about the first time I had dinner with a white family and (laughs) it was a great school classmate Uh, his last name was Gustafsson Swedish you can't get any more white than that (laughs) (laughs) and he loved to play hockey and he had this huge uh, it's not a I guess it's a patio but it was like the the roof of a carport okay and so it was like two cars, cars wide, and that's where we played hockey. We were kids. And I was asked if I wanted to stay for dinner because we were playing hockey after school. And his mother goes, do you need to call your mom? 
And at the time, we didn't have a phone. Yeah. Because <laughs> someone didn't pay the bill. And so I had to pretend I was calling my mother. And she's like, yeah, she said, it's okay. And the weird thing was, is we actually sat at the dinner table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. It was a Tuesday. It wasn't Thanksgiving. It wasn't Christmas. It wasn't anything. And we're at the dinner table. And not only that, but they turned off the TV. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I could see the TV from where I was sitting. And I was like, where am I? Because <laughs> we never turned the TV off for dinner. Yeah. We never sat at the dinner table. Unless it was a special occasion. Yeah. Right? And I think, I, I think we had spaghetti. And I was asked if I wanted a spoon. And I was like, why would I need a spoon to eat spaghetti. This isn't a spaghetti hose. <laughs> <laughs> then I saw his dad twirling. Twirling it. I'd never seen that before. <laughs> never seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was such a strange experience that I had to turn it into a, a joke that I told on stage. <laughs> yeah. And w one of the first times um, I brought home a friend of mine who was white for supper and, you know, same thing. Supper, she, not dinner? Yeah, <laughs> supper. But, you know, she was kind of like, oh, my God, because the table was full of food. You grabbed your plate, and, you know, yeah. it was kind of a rush. You know, there's eight kids in the family. So you got in there fairly early to get the decent stuff, right? Yeah. And, of course, there was bannock. And, and I told her, yeah, you grab one, put it on your plate, grab one for your hand, because you won't get a second piece. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then we headed off into the living room to watch the show, right? And she's like, we don't eat at the table? And I was like, there's no room. All the food's all out the food's there. <laughs> you know, so grab a place where you can watch TV. <clears throat> she never had that experience. And after that, she would ask my mom, would you mind if I come over for supper? I just love eating at your house. <laughs> we can don't you have, have to wash our hands. We don't yeah. have to sit at the table. <laughs> can you make panic? <laughs> you know, so that, you know. I used to joke that I had never seen cloth napkins before. <laughs> Until I had dinner with a white... I mean, this was... I'm, I'm yeah. doing the motion of wiping my, my mouth with my sleeve. <laughs> but that's how we wiped our mouth. <laughs> I mean, it's such a different lived experience from, you know... And that's the sort of things I've kind of instructed the comedians to talk about on stage. The, the two South Asian female comedians and the black female comedian. To talk about things like that. To, to show how different our lives are from everyday white people. Right. <laughs> as yes. I say as a motion to our... <laughs> to Steve, is he sleeping over there? Oh, oh, he's still there. Yeah, well, that's just it. You know, like, if we look at everything that we do in our day-to-day -day lives, there's humor in it. If someone was looking in, they would be laughing their heads off. Look, look, you know, how they eat supper. You know, everyone's. F I mean, there are differences in the way that we live our lives, but there are more commonalities than differences. Yes. But those differences make great fodder for humor as mm -hmm. well. 
<laughs> I mean, for your white friend to want to come over to your place because her her lived experience is so different from from yours. Yes. Yeah, and she really enjoyed coming over to our place for supper as long as we had Bannock. <laughs> she was hooked on it. <laughs> I remember my mother once made fried bread, and then she made baked Bannock. Yeah. And I remember her telling me about it. She goes, oh, I'm going to make some Bannock. I was like, oh, sweet. And then out came this big lump of <laughs> Dried, baked panic. I was like, prior to that, I had eaten fried bread, which right. is delicious. Mm-hmm. Dry panic, not so much. <laughs> yeah, and you see, and that's what we would have was the dry panic, the panic. <laughs> but it wasn't that dry. It was you had to learn the art of making it. Mm. And it's funny because our mother taught our brothers how to make panic. And me and my sisters were never taught how to make bannock. We were taught how to make fry bread. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and we've tried to make bannock, but we can't. But our brothers, it's like a cake. It's so fluffy and airy. And it's like, <laughs> frig, are you guys gay? <laughs> you know, like, oh, my God, you guys bake. You know, and she taught them how to make pies and everything like that. But us girls, we were never taught that. And Dad would say, oh, come with me. And he would take us out to the garage and show us how to change the tire on the oh, car. I thought, I thought you were going to say, he, he taught you how to make panic. No, no, he taught us the mechanicals of the thing. So when we travel, we try, you know, and we're safe because we know how to change a tire or take nylons off and put it on a fan belt if it breaks, you know. So we're safe. You know, I don't know what happens to our brothers if their vehicles break down. <laughs> they sell some fry bread on the side of the road? <laughs> yeah, set up Bannock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you know there was a comedy community in Prince George? I heard about it, but... You heard? It's, it's, You've never been to a show? No. No? No. This one, will, this, one will be, this one will be a good one. I think I would be a heckler. It's... Uh, <laughs> You'd get thrown out. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but the Just Us Comedy Showcase on Friday, April 21st, 8 p.m. at The Firm. It's going to be a great comedian, uh, great comedy show. Like I said, it's going to be filmed as part of my documentary called Other Voices about the BIPOC comedians. Tickets are 20 bucks. You can find more information on the web- Facebook page, uh, Other Voices Doc, or go to the Facebook event page called Just Us Comedy Showcase. Mm-hmm. Do you know where I got the title? <laughs> no. It's from a Richard Pryor joke. Uh, he said he was he was visiting uh, like a prison or a jail. And he goes, if you go there looking for justice, that's what you'll find. Just us. <laughs> I used to say that about the courthouse, actually. <laughs> if you go there looking for justice, that's what you'll find. Just us. Just us, us. <laughs> yes. Well, Did you know it was a Richard Pryor joke? No, I didn't. No, no, no it was my life at that time. <laughs> you know, uh, so, but yeah, fantastic. I, you know what? I will try and go online <laughs> and I will try and get a ticket. So my daughter and my niece, if you're out there listening, I'll be looking for you today and you guys can do all the work and I'll pay you for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is a smartphone. <laughs> we were talking about that before you arrived. You know, Steve was telling me a smartphone, and I was like, but my, like my kids say, it's as smart as the operator, and, and so that's why they need to operate my phone for me. <laughs> Right, <laughs> you were able to call and text me. <laughs> yes, surprisingly, you know it took a while, but it worked. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so um, maybe I will be in that audience, and hopefully, you can get your ticket soon. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't think that any problem with ticket sales. Comedy, uh, the town laptop. Yep. Yeah, and you know, I think that's what we need after this COVID and everything else. I think, as a whole, COVID. Community, what's that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that we just survived whatever it was. But that's what we need. We need to get back out socializing and groups and and laughing and and you know having a good time and and realizing that life does go on. You know, little bumps in the road, but. Uh, that's how you got to the reservations. <clears throat> well, in addition to this show that I'm producing, we also, me and my uh, partner, Kylie Lewis Holt, we produce monthly shows at the firm. Uh, our next one is going to be in May. It's going to be called The Firm's Comedy Clash. It's a competition where comedians go head-to-head. They do their best five minutes. And if they win, they advance to the next round. And hopefully we get like eight so it's like a nice even number, and in the in the next round they each do three minutes, and then the audience chooses who who the winner is. Oh, so, hey! The firm's comedy clash. That sounds like an interesting evening too. It was the first one was it was great. We 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 attracted uh, like four new comedians to our community, and they plan on doing more comedy. So. Hmm. So when you guys tell your jokes and everything else, you have them so well rehearsed that you don't have to go up with nope. a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. I still need it. But I'm also doing like an hour when I do when I headline a show. So I can't remember an hour's worth of jokes. Oh, okay. I can't even remember five minutes of jokes. So, <laughs> so yeah. So April 21st. April 21st. At the firm, it's called Just Us Comedy Showcase. You can find it online on Facebook or go to Other Voices Doc and the event should be there as well. Okay. 20 bucks. 20 bucks for an evening out of good humor, it's much cheaper laughter. than a movie. Oh, yes. And you're going to laugh more. Yeah. Yeah. There's not too many funny movies out there. But yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much, Brian, for coming and telling us about your life and and your show and and where you're going with it it's just fantastic to see and hear about it and everyone let's get out there and and uh, support this it's a great idea you're going to have a good evening and everything 20 bucks is not much to spend on a well entertained evening so that is it for us and we will be back next monday take care everybody you've been listening to community echoes on 93.1 cfis fm community echoes was produced by phyllis warren with technical producer steve smith if you have any suggestions for the show please email cfis at yahoo.ca
Broadcasting at 93.1 on the FM dial, this is CFIS-FM Prince George, proudly sponsored by local businesses like Timberline Footfitters on Victoria next to Wendy.